Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Three, two, one. Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio. It's January 28th, 2022. I'm joined today with my co-hosts. Hi, I'm Karen from Boston Red Cloaks. And I'm Laura from the Red, Red Cloaks too. Uh, yes, we're thrilled to welcome Francie Hunt, who is the Executive Director for Tennessee Advocates of Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. And this organization is the political electoral arm of the entire Planned Parenthood organization. Welcome, Francie. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled. We were at first, of course, alarmed terribly by reading the article in the early January issue of Ms. Magazine, which reported that your brand new facility had been destroyed by arson on New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve day. And then also that a year ago, January, the front door was blown off by a shotgun blast. And of course, there's no, but there's been no arrests. As I've said many times, this is why we fight. This is why we're here today. How's everybody doing at your organization? You know, I think that they're doing well, you know, considering, and I think a lot of it has to do that we have excellent supporters in community and across the country that have, you know, conveyed an outpouring of support, bringing by food, flowers, um, cards, and that sort of thing. So it's really helped our staff uh, continue to have morale during a time that was, that's very difficult for sure. The violence is terrifying. Do you also experience the, the sidewalk harassment of uh, patients who are seeking assistance? Let me, let me back up and tell you a couple of things. So there's two different organizations in Tennessee that are affiliated with Planned Parenthood. We have our Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi, which is our health center arm, and then uh, the group that I'm the executive director of, which is Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood, which is an advocacy arm. And, you know, I'm here based in Nashville. And, you know, when I started about eight years ago, we used to kind of brag that we never really had protesters. We kind of thought that Nashville was was above all that in a lot of ways. Um, And we certainly saw an increase in protest activity after 2016 which we can imagine that fateful year, what happened. And so it, we feel like the political climate has absolutely fueled um, volatile, violent rhetoric and, and action on the ground. So certainly we saw that through the Trump presidency, which unleashed a lot of hostility uh, all over. And then within our own state, we saw an increase. So I wanna draw a real direct Uh, line between what we're seeing on the ground outside of the health centers with the political violence that's actually happening when we're taking away reproductive rights and freedom from individual people. And, you know, for listeners, you know, I always want to make sure that I lead with the idea of, you know, when we talk about abortion, because that's really what the targeting is about. You know, that's why Planned Parenthood has been targeted, that, you know, regardless of how many people feel about abortion, because we recognize that people have an array of feelings about it, what we do think we all can agree on is that any decision involving, you know, about pregnancy, all pregnancy decisions need to be left up to uh, the pregnant person, their family, faith, and doctor without any government interference. And when I say pregnancy decisions, I'm talking about any, any decision related to adoption, any decision related to parenting, 
um, and any decision related to abortion. Those things have to be held within the realm of that individual uh, and, and not to politicians. And so when we see the violence and hostility that gets stoked at the powerful levels, um, we, we just begin to start seeing it on the ground. And here in Tennessee, you know, we have a governor, Bill Lee, who has been extremely uh, radical in his thinking about reproductive choice. And we have a extremist legislature as well. So all of those things have fed into the increase in uh, protester activity. They've all become quite um, uh, self-impressed with uh, self-impressed uh, the last few few years, and now we find ourselves uh, looking at the Supreme Court, and um, is, is not necessarily wondering what's going to happen, but trying to trying to steel ourselves for for what might happen because if in fact it's this. this federal protection is going to be taken away from women, then it goes to the states. And of course, we know how many states have very radical um, Republican legislatures who would love nothing more than to completely do away with this choice for, for, uh, for people. You, ha you have another fight going on in, in your neighborhood of the South with Dobbs versus Jackson. That's very much on the front burner. What's the feeling about that for people in, in, in your area? You're so close, it's, it's like you can reach out and touch them. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things to talk about as it relates to Mississippi. So the, the case that you mentioned, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health, Women's Health is a, a court case that's made its way up to the Supreme Court. It's a 15 week ban that's in Mississippi. This is on the heels of a recent uh, SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, uh, SCOTUS decision that happened related to Texas. So, so for some of your listeners, you may or may not be aware that in Texas late last year, there was a law that passed that would allow, that would essentially, that would ban abortion uh, before six weeks, and it would allow, allow any private citizen to be able to sue anyone who's pursuing or helping someone pursue an abortion. Um, and that went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court basically um, upheld the law in Tennessee uh, until they actually uh, actually take up the constitutionality of the, of the case. And so um, they, you know, the constitutionality of whether Roe remains as, as strong as it is uh, remains to be seen. Now Roe, for your listeners, not assuming everybody knows what Roe versus Wade is, was the landmark decision that protected a patient's right to privacy, thereby uh, protecting our right to abortion. And so, you know, up into this point in history, we've seen uh, court precedents over and over again um, that support Roe. Um, and it's only been up until the point of, of Texas really that it, we, we started to see it a whole different tenor at the Supreme Court. Now, you know, after Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme uh, Court Justice Ginsburg passed away, you know, one of the things that Trump did while in office is he uh, essentially filled the courts, you know, with uh, two, two more conservative justices. And we certainly saw that in the Texas case. So I mentioned the Texas case uh, because the Mississippi case is on its heels. 
and we expect that to go to court before the summer. Uh, and it's and it's you know Roe will really be tested. And for what that means is it might get dismantled entirely. They might just push it off to the states to decide what their individual state level restrictions would be. So in the case of Tennessee, it would be outright a, a, a banned because we have what's called the trigger law so that if Roe v. Wade is in, in whole or even in part diminished in any way, it triggers a ban in Tennessee. And on top of that, we also have uh, the governor's omnibus ban that they passed literally in secret at, in the middle of the night so that nobody could protest it. And that passed uh, a couple years ago. So we've got a couple bans on the books and uh, there are 26, 25, 26 other states like Tennessee that are poised to lose access altogether, uh, depending on how the Mississippi case uh, turns out. Can we just, I wanna pause in that moment because this is, these trigger laws have happened in many states. So for people who are listening, what I understand about Tennessee and would like to get really clear is it sounds like the Tennessee legislature passed a very restrictive law and that the day the governor then signed it into law, it was immediately blocked by a federal court. So that that law was unconstitutional that was passed and that it was frozen so it's not being implemented right now, but should Roe be overturned, then that, that freezing is suddenly evaporated and the unconstitutional law is suddenly going to be able to be implemented. Is that basically right? Yes, and there, you know, and from a legal, like the, the existing ban um, is set to have its own court date as well. So I think a lot of the lower courts are kind of waiting to see what happens with, with SCOTUS decision uh, to decide how they will interpret the law at the state level, which for us does not look very good. What we noticed from a blue state-ish, bluish state in Massachusetts was it seemed almost like a race between very conservative governors to try to pass the most really uh, offensive laws possible when it comes to taking care of pregnant people. And I noted that your governor said something like, uh, you know, Tennessee really cares and every life is precious. But I guess what I'm wondering is, is there any answer for people in Tennessee, for residents of Tennessee who are born living people? Does, does Tennessee legislature value people who are already born? Or is it, you know, only fetuses. No, no is the answer uh, unequivocally. They, you know, Tennessee has not expanded Medicaid. We have um, every indicator. We, we top the list on ev almost every health, um, un unhealthy indicator uh, in the nation. We have some of the highest infant mortality rates in the world. So no, they, they don't, they don't fare well for our people. And, you know, and, and, we do have to think about as Tennesseans generally, like what does it look like when we create a state, God forbid, a country where we're forcing people to give birth? And what do we do with uh, those families to provide the supports, the healthcare, the public education, the social supports that already are um, overburdened? I mean, you know, the adoption is a wonderful sentiment. Um, and, you know, obviously we're very for that. And, you know, we, these are good questions to think about what is the infrastructure uh, to make sure that these young people are cared for 
uh, either through adoption or foster care or the actual supports for families that are trying to raise children that they had not intended to have to raise. It seems crazy to spell it out, but why? What's the why behind it? We know supposedly 80% of us in America support people being able to make their own choice about whether or not to continue a pregnancy. And, you know, from where you are, do you see that other people in Tennessee feel the same way, that it's up to individuals? And if so, how is it that the legislature and the governor get to dictate something that seems so out of step? I mean, these are people that really, I'm going to just say it, want a theocracy. They, they really have a very specific view on um, how government needs to be led and it needs to be led in a fundamentalist evangelical Christian fashion. So that is their perspective. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And I think for everyday residents of Tennessee who actually like the country, the majority do believe that dis, you know, abortion decisions need to be left up to the family. They're uncomfortable with abortion and sometimes that can be confusing for, from a political standpoint, because on the one hand, they may feel like abortion is wrong, but they don't understand that by voting that way, they're actually taking their own rights away. So uh, that's, that's part of the challenge there. That other question. And, and honestly, and I, and I wanna really make sure that this is said as well, you know, we have to understand that abortion wasn't always this right-wing uh, controversial issue. Uh, and it's not, um, Surprising that a lot of the issues right now are, are happening in the South, where we have such uh, huge, you know, racial tensions. That's not to say that it doesn't happen everywhere across the country, but politically, abortion is used as a wedge issue, and uh, it's used to uphold a white supremacist power structure. And so, a lot of this really is about maintaining power. We see this in the consolidation of right-wing power in Tennessee with the redistricting laws. We've seen an, a huge increase in black and brown voter populations. And yet now with the redistricting, we are losing voice in the state, both at the state and federal level. So this is a coordinated attack. Abortion is the tip of the iceberg. And so for folks that are like, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, abortions fairly common, you know, one in four, you know, cisgendered women will have an abortion. Um, and for the other three fourths that kind of feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, that's not anything I have to worry about. There are many other rights, you know, that are under attack as well. And this is, as Gloria Steinman, and you mentioned Karen earlier about Ms. Magazine, uh, she mentioned very recently in, in an interview that uh, controlling and seizing the means of reproduction is the first step to authoritarianism. And that is absolutely part of it. And when you look at uh, capitalist one percenters that are bemoaning the population decreases, one of the ways because of the economy, that's, that's, you, you know, that one of the ways that you increase the birth rate is by forcing birth. And that's what we're seeing right now. Restrictions on voting, the history of it is around fear and intimidation, which brings us right back to where we started the conversation was, you know, churches being bombed, people being shot, signs being shot, the, the, there is the physical threat that uh, some people are willing to kill you rather than um, lose their power. 
Absolutely. Uh, and, 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 and the, the fire in Knoxville that completely burned our facility down to the ground, you know, and we were six months away from absolute, uh, complete renovation. We were going from a 4,000 square foot structure to 10,000 feet. We were going to expand sexuality education courses. We were going to expand, you know, civic involvement and advocacy trainings, like the very things that actually help decrease unwanted pregnancies, unintended pregnancies, you know, that gets completely taken away. But this is on the heels, again, of Catholic Charities in East Tennessee also being burned to the ground. That's an organization that helps immigrant and refugees after our beloved Highlander Center, which is like one of the most renowned civil rights archival places uh, in American history, also getting burned. Like this is a coordinated attempt in the South. We are a tinderbox that we're, we need help down here because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the radical activism that's being used against progressive people right now are being, are coming from other states. Uh, some of the, some of the radicals are coming from like Washington state where they all, you know, they coordinate, you know, the bombings of Planned Parenthood. Like these are the same uh, dangerous people that are, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just us. Like we're part of a larger whole of um, people who value the fact that we believe that if people are well-informed and have the education without any censorship, which is what they're doing right now in Tennessee, like things that we're not allowed to teach anymore, you know, that people will make the best decisions for their own lives and their own health. Um, and, and we're now being governed by people who want to keep the truth from you. They don't trust you to make your own decisions. Um, and they have a very prescripted lifestyle that they think that everybody needs to abide by. This, this makes me feel so sad and hopeless, but I, I know that, that we will all, you know, persevere and, and, you know, fight and keep fighting. But how, how do you, when you have things like this, this devastation happen and the, the legislation that you're fighting, how, how do you fight back? How do you rebuild and how can we help? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the main thing is to remember that we still have our power. They can't take it away. Maps are not what give us our power. And, you know, and uh, any of us can make sure that we're getting, providing support to our communities that we need. And that's, I think that the fact that they're fighting black and brown communities like ours so hard just tells you how threatened they are, how much they fear us. And it's actually from a grand scheme of things, really sad because instead of fearing us, they really should honor us. And we have a lot to contribute to making our communities thrive. And, you know, I, I think that we'll continue to operate with that truth because um, we believe that we're stronger together and that we can collaborate. And, and that's actually what makes life amazing and fabulous. And we'll always come from that place and not from a place of fear and intimidation. Okay. We, don't, we don't feel like we're going to get our better world by like tricking people into, um, into or scaring people into a better future. I think that we have a visionary idea that we can control our own bodies and our own lives and we can take care of our families and we can give them great education um, and we can work together. That's what democracy is about. I think about how, you know, someone builds a beautiful tower and someone knocks it down and then, you know, you have to rebuild the tower before you can get to the next part. So suppose people want to symbolically help you rebuild, where could they contribute? 
because it's not only now just offering funds to help you provide more healthcare, um, but it's also building. So, you know, let us know how do we reach you if we want to contribute financially? Absolutely. So what you can do, you can go to tnadvocates4pp.org because our organization is called Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood. So it'd be tn and then advocates and then for and then pp for Planned Parenthood.org. And on there, there's a donor button. You can see all of the ways that you can get involved. Uh, we also recently held a, an amazing Rock for Row event. Um, and if you wanted to sign up to receive um, information to get that link to watch that concert, you can make a, a donation. If you give $100, you'll get a really cool t-shirt and um, uh, poster of Rock for Row. Uh, and you know, you can also, if you don't have $100 in one pop, you can give $10 a month and sign up to be a sustainer. We'll, we'll send that your way. But we'd love to have folks, you don't have to be in Tennessee to support the work. Um, but Tennessee, unlike, you know, other states are, we're, we're, not, we're a poor state. So um, if there are folks that have the resources, we would certainly uh, appreciate it because what we do is not only help teacher, te teach people to use their voice and help build power, uh, we also work to elect better people. Um, and we can also support Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi to rebuild the health center and provide all the services that they need to provide. Like you said, our power is not, you know, defined by a map and our country is not defined by state lines. So we're in the same country with you and everyone who needs an abortion should be able to have one regardless. And we're all going to help make sure that happens. It's right, because when we uh, we were very, very, very active uh, in the Roe Act coalition in Massachusetts and uh, we had access to abortion already, but we were just trying to expand it uh, so that more people could have the have the access to it. And we got almost everything that we we asked for. But there's still more. And every day you think of something else. But at the at the same time, um, we feel that there's there's almost no state lines in the country anymore. Um, that what happens, what happens in Tennessee affects what happens in Massachusetts. What happens in Massachusetts affects California. We know there are people in Massachusetts who would like to do the things that the bad things that you you've been experiencing. We know that, and we're we are still in this fight to make that not happen. Um, and and so it's. It's, it's, it's another kind of sisterhood. Yeah, and we really appreciate that because I just got off a call earlier today trying to figure out how do we provide the care that's needed um, in a post-row environment, God forbid. Mm. But we do have to look at that reality and, and there will be so many individuals are, that are gonna be needing help. They're gonna, we, we need uh, well-funded abortion funds. We need transportation infrastructure, mm. uh, you know, all you know, we need a way to inform people on where they can get safe care. So I appreciate you asking that question because that's that's we, where we're headed. We're we're experiencing those same um, uh, challenges right now too because people tend to forget that the other half of Massachusetts is is quite rural and it doesn't have the transportation systems that we have out here and it doesn't have the the. Um, uh, clusters of of, uh, of industry uh, 
but it does have an awful lot of universities out there. And people out in the Western part of Massachusetts who may be going to some of the very top schools in the country can only get to Planned Parenthood in Springfield, Massachusetts by bus. So transportation is high on our uh, screen in terms of how do we, it's, it's one of the fundamental steps of being able to help each other. We cannot thank you enough, Francie, for joining us today. And we would love to have you please come back for a, a follow-up. Oh, absolutely. I would enjoy that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been great. I look forward to part two. It's great to meet you. Thank you. You've been listening to Red Cloaks Radio, a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Find us at bostonredcloaks.com 